everybody welcome back to rent free with mackenzie davis today i have a special guest his name is justin hills he's a maryland loan officer um, today we're going to be kind of going through a first time home buyer guide answering a lot of questions you guys have sort of asked on my tiktok account so i'm going to turn it over to him just to introduce himself a little bit more and then we'll go ahead and get started Hey, what's going on everybody? My name is Justin Hills here with Mackenzie. I'm um, glad to be here to be able to inform you guys. So I'm a second year loan officer, so I am newer in the business, but um, you know, did fairly well last year, did about 10 million in volume, uh, which is pretty impressive. Um, this year goals to double that. So, you know, networking with realtors like Mackenzie herself to, to try to obtain those goals. Yeah, that is so awesome. Congrats on the the 10 million. That is insane. Thank you very much. It was a lot of a lot of work, but you know, you got to come in and, and hit the ground running. Yeah, absolutely. I can relate to that. Um, okay, awesome. Well, so I guess let's just start off by talking about preparation for buying home. I mentioned to you earlier, like a lot of my followers are younger and don't really know where to start. And so when you come across like a new client and you have, like they have no idea, they are just like a blank slate, what exactly do you tell them to kind of like get them going in the right direction? It's a great question. So um, the first thing I discuss with them is, you know, um, especially after the craziness that's happened in the past two years, you know, um, we all survived COVID. We all made it through there. We've all had our own hardships financially, emotionally, um, you know, physically for some people through all of this. Um, the first step is in trying to prepare to get ready is have you looked at your own personal finances? Um, if you're currently renting, what are you currently paying in rent? Is that a comfortable payment? A lot of people don't realize the buying power that comes from rent itself. Um, and that's something that I'm very eager to try to display to people is the buying power and the potential to get out of, you know, if you're paying rent nine times out of 10, you're paying a mortgage plus some. So that's a very important thing to remember. Um, but it really just comes down to, you know, letting them know first and foremost, programs that are available, you know? Um, it's, you know, there's government programs like FHA, which is the Federal Housing Administration. You have VA, which is for veterans. Um, it's probably one of the greatest services. Um, you also have USDA, which is an agricultural loan, you know? So there's numerous different programs and that's just government loans. You also have conventional, which is a Fannie Mae product um, who, you know, backs it. Um, but a lot of first time home buyers go after an FHA program because it's a little more lenient. The required minimum credit score is a 580. So a lot of people think you need, you know, 660, 700 credit score to buy a house. That's not true at all. Um, there's plenty of programs available for people to help them obtain that. So um, like FHA, you don't, you know, a big common thing I hear from people is, oh, I'm saving for a down payment, which is, you know, I can't afford to buy a home because I don't have the money down to make that down payment. But they're not realizing if you do an FHA, the minimum down payment's a three and a half percent. There's a lot of people that still think you need 20% down, 10% down. Um, and it's just not like that anymore. Even income as competitive as a market. I bought my first home two years ago. I bought it FHA, three and a half percent down, you know, real estate itself 
is a stellar investment. And like everything else, you're not looking to double your money in a week or a month. But if you just take um, even a simple scenario, right? If you had, and we'll just just for, for simple numbers, you know, this isn't required for a down payment, but let's say $25,000, all right? You take $25,000 and you're like, oh, I'm just gonna put it into the stock market and you get an 8% return on that money. That's only $2,000 which is something that a lot of people don't account for. Now, by using leverage and a mortgage and buying a home, 25,000 down is a 5% down payment on a $500,000 house. The 8% return on that becomes $40,000. Yeah. So when you're looking, especially right now with a uh, statistic I was just looking at in the last two years, home appreciation's up 31% in just our market alone. You're now getting, you know, triple that number, which is huge. Right. And that's just something that I feel like a lot of people haven't realized yet. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And I think that something else people don't necessarily realize is that when you're getting a mortgage, you're building equity and that equity in the home is something that you can use later on down the line to either buy another home, an investment property. Like there are so many opportunities with equity um, that I don't think people really understand. And that's why, you know, people talk a lot about renting versus buying and why buying is just better um, and stuff. But yeah, so what would you, so I know there's like a, a few different programs and I'm not sure if like your brokerage offers this specifically, but like there's always like down payment assistance programs or like the first time home buyer perks. Like there's a lot of things like that. Um, can you talk a bit about those things? Absolutely. So a common first time home buyer benefit is let's say a conventional Fannie Mae loan, right? Um, nine times out of 10, you need 5% down minimum for it. As a first time home buyer, there's an ability to only put 3% down. But the difference again from those two programs between a government FHA three and a half down or a conventional 3% down is credit score requirements and things of that nature. So on a conventional minimum credit score is a 620. So where a 620 for a, of FHA gets you a little bit better pricing, things of that nature, it does more for you to go that avenue compared to if you have somebody with like a 700 that wants to go the conventional route. But there's always a program, there's a million ways to make a mortgage work. It's just figuring out what works best for you. Right, right. Yeah, I um, I think that that's something like also, like a lot of people don't realize, like when you go into buying a home, it seems scary and intimidating, but there's always options. Like there's always things that um, you can do to improve your situation. And that might mean waiting a few months or like improving your credit or doing things like that. But there's, there's just always another option. So like, if you feel like buying is not for you, um, that might not be the case. And I would definitely encourage you to like talk with a loan officer and see, see what like your financial situation is like. Absolutely. I actually um, had a client about a week and a half ago reach out to me. And when we were discussing it, she was petrified because of her student loans. Well, she wasn't aware that some of the programs available, Maryland offers a smart buy program, which allows people with student loans to be accepted and even help 
take care of some of the student loans. Um, as well as we, because um, I didn't really touch on the down payment assistance, but we also offer Maryland Mortgage Program or MMP, which is a huge program for people. It's a down payment assistance. Um, it ranges in whatever you need it to use or whatever needs to work for you. But that's when it comes down to looking at your personal finances, reaching out to somebody like myself, and then going, hey, this is kind of what I want. Um, this is what payment I'm comfortable with. And then you build it around that. A lot of people do it kind of the wrong way. They start on Zillow, you know, oh, it's a beautiful house. Of course, any house, you know, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars is beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, but is that if you looked at the actual payment for that, are you comfortable with that? Right. You know, and you can always put sweat equity, like you said earlier, with the cash out and the equity. I do cash out refinances for numerous clients. We just had a guy. Um, his mortgage was on, he bought a $300,000 house in 2019. His house, because of appreciation, is now at almost $400,000, about 390, almost 400. On his current mortgage, he's paying about 1613 a month. He's got three credit cards. His total monthly debt obligations with the mortgage are about $301,000. Altogether, he's paying about 2736 a month. Cost of living just to pay off credit cards and mortgage with a cash out refinance, giving him money back at closing of $18,000 of free cash that is in his equity. Mm -hmm. And that's tax free money. It's, it's an investment tool. A home is an investment. You all, he's also dropping his payment to 20,000, I'm sorry, $2,038. He's saving almost $700 a month. Wow. That is so awesome. Yeah, I think that that it's such a valuable tool. Like, I don't think that a lot of people look at buying a home as a tool for like your financial portfolio, but it completely is. And like that example you just gave is so, so right. I mean, there's so many instances like that where people can actually improve their financial standing because of a mortgage payment or, you know, buying a home. Absolutely. And I mean, the other big thing when it comes to the investment side of things, right, is that look at it from the sim because numbers don't lie. All right. If you take a rent payment of $2,000 a month, which is an average rent payment in Maryland, as you can probably attest, um, you take 2000 a month for 12 months for five years, that's $120,000. Yeah. That's a lot of money. It is. <laughs> you can, if you rent there's zero return on that investment. Right. That money's gone. If you put that into equity in a house and then account for even just slight 2% appreciation, which is well beneath Maryland, I think Maryland right now is like four and a half year over year. Um, and then you look at, at what that does for you. I mean, you now have a tool, you get wrapped up into, you know, some car payments, you know, you have children one day you want a college fund for your child you want a million things down the road it's it's a great tool to put your money and then you're allowed to leverage that tax free because it's equity so then you pay zero taxes on the money yeah yeah it's really cool and and to kind of backtrack on what you were saying before about the student loan payoff like programs and things like that. This is just kind of a question that I don't really know the answer to. And I'm kind of curious about like, 
what are like the downsides like if you were to go into a program like that like do you take on higher interest or do you do because like i'm looking to buy my first house this year and um i'm just curious like because i also have student loans <laughs> like what absolutely so yeah so there are you know and you can call it a downside but think about it the other way as there's something that you feel is holding you back from obtaining a goal and now there's a there's a solution to your problem so there's different ways to do things people are very fixated on a consumer mindset about rate right and after what we just went through and this massive refinance boom and just seeing the way that interest rates were for everything um people think that best price, best interest rate is best for me. But if I look at you and I say, okay, I can get you a, you know, under 3% rate, but it's going to cost you a lot of money to buy down or something like that. But if I give you a standard rate or, or at the time par rate, and it allows you to come less money out of pocket that you don't have, maybe take care of some of your student loans, things of that nature, that's gonna be the best for your situation. Right. And that's really what my job is, is to figure out what's the best loan product for you. Right, right. Okay, gotcha. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I was just wondering. I like have recently heard about those programs and I was like, I need to ask because I'm so curious. Um, okay, well, awesome. So then like going into like the actual process of getting a loan, like when you sit down to do pre-approval for a client, which if you guys are not familiar, pre-approval is like that very first step that you take when you want to go look at properties. It's kind of hard to even look at properties without one because you don't even know what your budget is and, and all of that kind of good stuff. So you're on square one, you're sitting down to write that pre-approval. Like what steps are you taking with um, the client and what are you asking them for? Absolutely. And this is actually a great question, not just for me, but for the lending industry. Um, every lender has a different way of doing things. Okay. So one of the things that drew me to the company I'm with now um, was the fact that we do pre-underwriting during our pre-approval process. So I've always thought that having underwriters, which underwriters are the people that have the final say so that your loan that you're applying for meets X and Y guidelines and can be approved. It happens towards the end of the process. What we do is we bring them in at the beginning. So when we give a pre-approval, we know that the second we go under contract, because as you're well aware, these contract dates are, are significant. Nothing's worse than having a client go under contract and then not meeting the deadline. And then you have a, you know, upset selling agent, upset seller, the buyer's nervous and anxious already. You're working hard to try to help them buy the home. Um, so we just want everything to run as smooth as possible. So it's important when you, when you go to apply for financing that you same thing with a realtor you you kind of um interview them you make sure that the that the realtor is somebody that you can work with because it's a process you know it's a probably i mean your process is way longer than mine on average i'm closing loans in, in 18 to 22 days from contract to close and it's simple mm -hmm. you know um for you you're looking at home after home you know sometimes and even when i was buying the house because i bought it at the beginning of covid and, and it was getting very competitive mm -hmm. there were homes i was going to for an open house 
already had five contracts on it. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, oh man, yeah. <laughs> what's gonna, you know, is it worth putting an offer in? Is it not? So yeah. um, it's just making sure you come ready. Now, a big thing um, as well is a lot of people don't know how to correctly build credit. Right, which is a it is a big aspect when it comes to any loan, not just a mortgage, car loans, even credit cards. Um, you know, credit has everything to do with everything finance related. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to, to how to like save money and build credit and prepare for that, um, go go get a secure credit card from you know your own bank wherever you can. A key to a keynote for utilization is don't use any more than 30% of your credit limit. That is the biggest key I can give you. Don't use any more than 30%. I mean, if you have to, you have to, but try to get it below 30% at all times, mm -hmm. as well as when your monthly statement comes in, pay it off in full. Use a credit card like a debit card. If you don't have the money in your account, don't buy it just because yeah. it's a buy now, pay later. You know, that's just a big tool that I think a lot of people don't realize yeah. um, for for younger people. And it's something I wish my parents would have known, you know, financial literacy lacks in our country uh, as a whole. Mm -hmm. But you can actually become an authorized user for somebody's credit card, which helps build your credit. Um, now, if, you know, mom and dad are not doing very well, <laughs> you know, and, and are racking up credit cards, and we all have had those instances, you know, but try not to be put on to those ones. Um, <laughs> try to have somebody that's financially responsible to help you, and, and it, that way it grows your credit for you in the long term before you can even, that way when you apply for your first credit card, your first car loan, your first mortgage, you already have that credit history established that helps you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, credit is really, really important. And obviously that's a big, big part of getting pre-approved and it determines like a lot more than you'd think in that process. So um, if you can start early too, like depending on how old you are, I got my first credit card on my 18th birthday. So if you Likewise, can do that, yeah. if you can do that, definitely do it. Um, and something you said earlier too um, gave me another question, just saying like how you were looking at um, houses back in COVID when, you know, things were crazy and still seeing that with buyers where, you know, there's multiple offers on the first day on, on the market. Um, one of the most common questions I get is asking about the market and do I think it's going to crash? I just wanted to see what your opinion on that was, especially because a lot of it has to do with interest rates, which I know are starting to go up and everything. So what, what do you think about that? So um, as far as a crash or this bubble that everybody claims is here, it's not here. So a big thing, we'll circle back to 2008, and a lot of viewers probably don't remember this or were young when this happened. I mean, 2008, I'm 24, uh, you know, it's 2021, so I was probably, yeah, I was, I was a youngin'. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, we saw our parents go through it, right? And everybody was stressed. Um, but that... The, the difference between then and now is lending guidelines that happened because of that, right? In 2010, um, Congress passed, it's called the, um, uh, the SAFE, it was the SAFE Act, I'm pretty sure. Um, like 99% sure. <laughs> um, but what it was, was there was a lot of um, loans that were getting written that were subprime. So it was people that shouldn't have ever qualified for a home. Um, 
that were stated income loans, things of that nature, that there was no real verification. When you go, when you come and you talk to me, before I send you any kind of pre-approval, it's I'm reviewing two years of tax returns or W-2s. I'm reviewing the last 30 days of pay stubs. I'm reviewing um, your finances. I look at two months of bank statements and we figure out where we're looking. Um, again, you know, some people don't have money saved to buy a home, um, but some people also don't realize that ideally you could buy a home with as little as, and of course, there's always ways that you can buy a house, you know, with a thousand dollars down, some even less than that. Um, it really just depends on your program, but the magic number ideally would be at like around $5,000 saved. You could start looking for a home. Yeah. Yeah, I like that that number too because it's it, while it's a, a big number, it's also pretty manageable and I think that um, that's a great place to start. And so, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, well, I don't have any other questions for you, but do you have any like last thoughts or words of wisdom, things you want people to know about buying homes or anything? Um. Yeah, Um. don't be scared. Don't be intimidated on it. Um, a big thing people don't realize when it comes to, um, I do a lot, I talk a lot to people that currently rent. I mean, my own age group friends, you know, mm -hmm. 22 to 26, 90% of my friends rent home, rent homes, right? And they're locked into leases, things of that nature. But when I've started talking to them and looking at, you know, hey, have you considered buying a house? Well, no, I, I can't afford that. Well, why do you think that is? Mm -hmm. And then you hear the, the age old miss. Well, I don't have 20% down. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have $30,000. Well, where are you getting this number from? Um, you know, and they're just not aware that all these programs are available and they just haven't been promoted very well for a long time. So that's why it's nice to be in that new generation of the way of doing things. Likewise, you know, you get the technology aspect of real estate that never existed before, you yeah. know? Well, I remember how easy it was to, to, to buy my home because my realtor had these constant emails coming in of my criteria, of yeah. what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And I just got to, okay, okay, okay. Oh, I like this one. When can we go see it, yeah. you know? Um, and then same day, we were going to look at these properties. Yeah. So um, a, another big thing to consider is if you're looking to buy a home or if you even want to consider buying a home, reach out, get a free, get a free no obligation consultation. Um, I'm more than happy to discuss anybody, their options. Um, and, you know, if you're the, the, the biggest takeaway when it comes to looking for a home is when you get a pre-approval, a pre-approval, as long as finances aren't changing crazily, um, is just credit reports are only good for 90 days. Mm -hmm. So when you kind of decide that you want to buy a home, kind of figure out that like that period between one to three months of when you when you really think you want to take action and then that's when you want to start the process because every 90 days you have to pull a new credit report and of course every inquiry will slowly if you just keep pulling it every three months for a year it will bring your score down a little bit mm -hmm. um there's different kinds of bankers there's brokers direct lenders um and each have their own benefits um, I work for a direct lender, uh, meaning that we have more control of what we can do for people. 
um, brokers send it out and they're at the mercy of a lot of banks that they work with. So, you know, our turnaround time is because we're a direct lender where brokers can take 30 to 45 days to close on some things. Right. So it really all just depends on, on the individual, what it is they're trying to do. And um, yeah, I'm always open to any questions that anybody may have. Awesome. Thank you. And shout out your what company you're at. And I can always um, like when I post this on YouTube and anywhere else, I'll include your information if you want to send it to me, yeah, like absolutely. email, phone number yeah. stuff. So I'm with Universal Mortgage and Finance. We're out of Edgewater. Um, that's the office. My own personal brand is Hills Home Loans. Um, and you can reach me at any time at jkhills at umafi.com, U-M-A-F-I or my Instagram, Hills Home Loans, or even my phone number, um, 443-510-0923. I'm more than eager to help anybody and everybody. Awesome, yeah, and if anybody ever like reaches out to me, I'll definitely put them um, in your direction. And like I said, I'll include um, your contact info in any posts I make about this episode. But um, other than that, I really, really appreciate having you on. And um, if you want, I can share this with you before posting if you prefer that or I can just let me know. I'd love it. Okay, awesome. Well, that sounds good. Thank you so, so much. Again, I really appreciate it. Hey, not a problem. And, um, you know, mentioning as well, you're looking to buy your first home. If you need some assistance, let me know. I'd love to be, I'd love to help you out. You know, I'm always looking to start building connections with people. So, yeah. I mean, you, and, and you're younger, you're newer, and that's kind of the people I'm looking to build relationships me with too. too. Me too. Because I want lifelong business partners, you yeah. know, yeah. think about everybody that we're learning from 20, 30 years older. They have their people. Oh, now we're trying to build ours. Right, so I want exactly. people starting at that foundation together so we can all grow together. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. All right. Thank you so much, Justin. Have a good evening. Hey, hey you too. Bye. Bye.